to Reviewing Westeros, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How are you today? I'm very well, thanks. Cool. Uh, and this is kind of the big one. We're back for Season 8, Episode 3, The Long Night. Uh, what did you think of this episode? First of all, <laughs> could you see this episode? Yes, I mean, I, I could. There were a few scenes that were a little too dark, okay. um, I, I would say. I, I've been seeing a lot of the controversy online about the, the people saying, oh, it was too dark, I couldn't see anything. And I imagine, I mean, I, I watched it live as it went out. Um, I actually, I, I was about one o'clock in the morning and I was still feeling quite awake. So I thought, stuff it, I'm going to stay up. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was very dark in the room and I managed to watch it okay. And, and that was a factor that, that, I would wanted to get up and watch it first thing in the morning. I knew it was going to be a dark episode because, uh, you know, I, they, they always are with these sort of things. It's the longest like night shoot ever done for a TV show, I think. And yeah, and, five days. Yeah. And, and so I, I knew it was all going to be shot at night and I kind of didn't want to be watching that in the morning and having to come and try and black out the room enough so I could see it. So I thought, stuff it, I'm going to stay up and watch. Um, it was actually all right for me. Having read through a lot of people's comments about that, I, I think part of the problem as well was when it went out in the US, there was a lot of pixelation on the feed um, for whatever reason. It sounds like the, the, the quality of the feed that went out, I, I can't quite figure out whether it was the feed that went out live or the one that went out on the app or, or what it was. Okay. But yeah. it sounds like that that was probably causing more of a problem than the actual lighting uh, itself. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I, too many people watch the show and HBO can't handle it. Yeah, I think that's possibly yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Um, there, there was people complaining quite a lot about more about the pixelation than than actually the lighting stuff. Uh, although there have been a lot of conversations about oh, it was too dark, uh, and I guess part of that will be to do with how good a quality your TV is and all that sort of stuff. I I yeah. didn't have a, too much of an issue with it. It was a little dark in places. Um, I, I it is fair to say, but that sort of lent to the atmosphere of it as well, particularly the opening scene and. Um, with the Dothraki and Melisandre and uh, yeah, that I thought was, was really quite spectacular when they did it, uh, on screen. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I didn't have a huge problem with that, but as an episode as a whole, what a spectacular piece of TV that was. Yeah. Uh, I think I, yeah. I said on, uh, on my show, I, I do wonder what they're going to do at the Emmy, this, the Emmys this year. Are they just going to hand out second place awards? Cause really game of Thrones should just sweep everything for this season. I think Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, it's been crazy good so far. And, and this episode, I was just the pinnacle of it so far. It, it, it was utterly spectacular. It had some, amazing misdirections i don't think anybody saw that ending coming um the people that we thought might die didn't uh i i mean it it had everything really you could want i think um just great episode yeah in terms for me um i could see the episode fine i'd know uh the the internet was being nice to me basically uh, which it isn't usually uh, or, or sometimes it isn't um but uh, yeah, in terms of like the actual brightness, it, it was fine. I, I could see everything perfectly fine. Sure, there, there were bits that were definitely obviously darker than certain other bits, and some of it was intentional. Obviously, like when the 
the uh, storm or whatever is, is hitting the our heroes yeah. and you having the dragon fight and all that kind of stuff. Some of that stuff is intentionally supposed to be like that, so you're like, okay, what's what's kind of going on? But in terms of actually following what was going on and seeing it all, I had no problems. In fact, when when I because I kind of looked at this episode and thought, oh, people might have problems seeing this, and then I watched it and then. Um, you know, I uh, had no problems, and then going going online and seeing like oh, I couldn't see anything and all this and that, I was just a bit kind of shocked. Uh, in terms of the episode, the only appropriate words I can um, use for this is like gloriously spectacular, because <laughs> yeah. the the only other episode that I've been this nervous to watch was I'm not going to call it the final episode of 24. I refuse to call it that. The last episode where we saw <laughs> Jack Bauer. Uh, in uh, twenty fifteen, and when he's walking, still to... holding on to hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when he's when he's walking towards the helicopter, and you you just don't quite know what's going to happen. And I was obviously nervous from then, uh, and obviously throughout that episode because we didn't know if we were going to get another one. We still haven't since, but that's a different discussion. Um, and thinking like, okay, Jack could die in this episode because there's no more, there's no more seasons left. As opposed to when I'm in when I'm in season four of twenty four, and I know there's eight seasons, I know he can't really die. So yeah. Um. But yeah, other other than that episode, um, I've never been kind of more nervous watching TV. Just thinking like, okay, these White Walkers and the dragon are completely swarming everybody, and then like the dead get risen again, and then you kind of are reminded like, okay, not only are all the White Walkers that he killed going to raise up but all the people that have just died are also going to be raised up so like yeah. the people that we see that have, have the, like the actual characters that have died in the episode and then John's like surrounded and it, it got to kind of that point where I was like could everybody die in this episode and then a, a few minutes later I realistically thought like okay there is still three episodes left people have to survive but it did get to that situation where it was like how on earth are they going to get out of this situation yeah um, and you knew about the whole Night King if they killed him that, that everybody dies but it was a case of like okay how do you get to him to do that he's too powerful yeah. and there's I, I keep thinking about that scene where the dragon is just stomping around the Winterfell and blowing all the is that ice I assume that's ice yeah well yeah, yes it's kind sort of, of ice, around. I, ice fire stuff yes yeah, all, all over the place and just in that moment thinking like when have you ever seen something like this on TV the, the only other film comparison is of course Helm's Deep but yes, in terms of, because I mean, you've got the the Long Night, which is coming soon, and then you've got Lord of the Rings, the the Amazon series, which is coming out soon-ish, um, or whenever they plan to do that. But previously to this, I don't think TV has ever really done anything like this before. And no. I I would say like fair enough if you have different opinions and you didn't like this episode because not everybody obviously did because there's always people that that won't. But when I've gone online and seen certain comments of like this was medicore and it was a let or mediocre sorry mediocre and it was a letdown and I'm very really disappointed. I think you've actually lost a bit of appreciation for the work that's gone in here. Not only <laughs> yeah. not only do I disagree with like you know completely the opposite to to mediocre. Like this was an incredible job on on TV that they've done and they pulled it off to me. Um, I mean. That one of the fairer arguments I'm seeing is like, oh, I would have preferred this character to die, and this character isn't as big a death. That's debatable because it depends on which characters you like. But yeah. in terms of the work that's being put in and the quality of the TV, like I would like to ask those people, like, okay, what other shows do you watch, and what else do you high do you, do you have as like a high standard for TV? But I do, I do genuinely think that like if you come away from this and call it mediocre and really poor, that you have a little bit of a lack of appreciation. Not only like you know. Uh, do I disagree with you? I think you've got that as well. Do you, do you yeah. kind of agree with that? Because, like, come on, yeah. look, at, look at the work that's being done here, kind of thing. Um, I mean, it, 
it is it is one of the most spectacular pieces of tv ever made i think it's you know nothing i can't think like you say of of an instance where yeah you've you've seen some fairly spectacular stuff in movies like you know helm's deep which is is one of the things the director looked at actually mm-hmm. as, a, as a reference point for this but i i can't think of another time where you've had battles quite this spectacular um in a tv show you know not to this level this was this was up there with the the um battle of the bastards oh Um, yeah yeah totally i mean you know definitely up there with that i mean i think possibly i prefer the battle of the bastards as a as a sort of cohesive sort of um fight sequence maybe but i mean this was sort of spectacular in its own right as well because you've got the added addition of sort of dragons, you've got the fact that it's all done at night. Uh, you know, there's magic elements in there. You know, so uh, it's a spectacular piece of work, regardless of what you might think of the show. You know, uh, overall, I I think, I, and you can't just say, oh well, I would have preferred this or that person to die, because. I think we lost some reasonably significant people, maybe not the significant people we thought we were going to lose, but we did lose a few very significant people and um, some slightly less significant people. But I, I, I thought that was great because of the fact that it, it um, people didn't guess. I don't think that those are the people that were going to go, mm. you know? So yeah, I, I, and I think that's what's great about having a last season like this, and knowing that there are multiple battles they can play with. You can misdirect and do it without, you know, because we know that these not everybody is going to make it to the end of the season. So you can do those sort of misdirects uh, without sort of suddenly having have this person come back and, and you know be like oh actually i'm all fine you know because you need them for another season mm-hmm. so i I, th- I think the fact that they can play around with that quite a lot is great yeah the other thing i'd say as well i mean i mean obviously some people uh didn't like endgame and stuff like that but not everybody's gonna like everything i, I understand that but i just want to draw in the fact that like we had endgame and this battle within the same week we should learn to like appreciate stuff like that you know what i mean because there's not every week yeah. you get even one of those level of like executions for for a battle sequence so i mean end game was much more than that and, and stuff but uh yeah um but no i i mean in terms of like my personal enjoyment it's not going to be ruined by like other people's like things or whatever but i i'm i'm still going to come no. away and say like this was just just absolutely incredible so um yeah i'll uh, continue to enjoy the rest of the season i think we should uh take a break go into some housekeeping so we'll see you for that in a minute today's sponsor is koalu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way. All you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. 
and then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier that will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well so it's a great way to support us on entertainment talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts as always thank you very much for listening back to the show Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, small correction from last week. We didn't talk about the PSN name changes last week, that was the week before. The episode that I was referring to, we talked about uh, the PlayStation 5 specs uh, details. So that's why I got confused, because it was still PlayStation stuff. But anyway, we've talked about both the PSN name changes and the uh, PlayStation 5 details, which were kind of just handed out in an interview with Wired, which was kind of strange. But uh, anyway, there's details out there for the uh, the PlayStation 5. Uh, just like specs stuff, no like game announcements, price or release date or anything like that. It's still too early. Uh, so we talked about that. Uh, we've also talked about uh, a bunch of other stuff recently with Gaming Talk, and this week we're going to have uh, another one as well. Um, this week's episode will be on uh, Friday for Gaming Talk, because Robert's had a bit of a change in work schedule. Um, but that also means that we'll be able to cover iZombie on the uh, on the Friday, the day that it comes out for, for the UK as well. Uh, because we uh, originally planned to do those on Wednesdays, I still think the rest of our season is going to be the Wednesdays for those podcasts. Uh, but because of Robert's change in work, we're able to basically do both of those on Friday as well. Uh, speaking of Avengers Endgame, which we've uh, referenced a few times, me and David talked about that on Thursday when, when it came out. Uh, and obviously we, we uh, really loved it, if you uh, follow the comments we made kind of from here. Um, and if you're worried about spoilers, we did do a spoiler-free section at the start. I give you quite a fair warning uh, when we're going to, into spoilers and how to turn off the podcast, because there's a lot of different ways that you could... Uh, be playing the episode and there's different ways to turn it off so we gave you a warning for that and then we went into spoilers so if you if you still haven't seen Endgame maybe you haven't got tickets because the film's making or already made over a billion dollars and I'm I'm still seeing people say that they're having uh, more in the US uh, people saying they're having problems getting tickets hopefully you do soon and hopefully you don't have it spoiled by people that are running into the cinema and spoiling things so uh, that's kind of what's been happening as well did you hear about that in um I think in America or something, there's this guy who's like standing outside or in in the cinema just telling people like this is what happens in Endgame. It's uh... Uh, I think yeah, there was one in there was certainly one in Japan where somebody came out and started shouting spoilers and got the got the crap kicked out of him. Yeah. Deservedly so, I think. Right, there's there <laughs> you know, I, I don't so. agree with I don't agree with violence, but you know, uh, that, that's such a dick thing to do so yeah i mean what did he expect was gonna happen right uh, but our podcast is out there and me and robert are also gonna do what we did with uh captain marvel and infinity war a sort of part two where me and robert discuss the film uh so look out for some stuff on friday uh in terms of other stuff um star trek's finished for season two that happened recently i uh, did a couple of episode uh discussion pieces where i talked about um hbo still being the king of tv um, Aquaman and Bird Box and their kind of strange success in a way. You'd have to listen to the episode for more context. And a part two for uh, Let's Stop Accepting Bad AAA Video Games. Uh, what else did we do? Um, yeah, there's there's some other stuff we're doing I'm not thinking about. Uh, Arrow and Flash, of course, we've got podcasts out there for those. We'll be back kind of soon for episode 20. Um, and oh yes, of course, today we'll be back finally for our episode 412 review for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. But that will be talking about the first four episodes of the second half of the season because we haven't come back yet. Uh, and then we're going to come back for 4.12. Um, and yeah, other stuff that we've been doing as well. Like iZombie, I, I the, uh, not the preview podcast necessarily, but an update podcast as to what we're going to be doing. They still haven't released the trailer for the season, which is a bit strange. Um, but, the, yeah. but the episodes start tomorrow on the CW and then Friday uh, on on Netflix in the morning for the UK. So that's that as well. 
Um, and yeah, that's what we've been up to roughly on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, let's move into uh, Game of Thrones. At, as Nightfall draws in uh, on Winterfell, the combined forces of the living uh, comprising of the Dothraki, commanded by uh, Jorah, the Unsullied, commanded by Grey Worm, uh, the Knights of the Vale, uh, flanked by uh, Brienne um, and Jamie, and the Host of the North, uh, flanked by the Brotherhood uh, without uh, banners and the Night's Watch, prepare to battle the uh, advance, um, the Army of the Undead. Uh, Brandon Stark, who does nothing in this episode? <laughs> Pretty much. Let's yeah. talk about that in a bit. Cause... Actually, actually, I should mention, had the one of the most significant moments in Game of Thrones so far. You actually saw somebody move Bran <laughs> this episode. Mm. Somebody wheeled him through the courtyard. Actually, you saw him being pushed. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that after. <laughs> didn't just magically appear. You do actually see somebody push Bran through the courtyard. Huh. So, okay. Um, yes. But yes, Bran Stark <laughs> is there being defended by uh, Ironborn uh, and uh, led by Theon. Um, and he is sent to uh, the Godswood to lure, to basically lure the Night King there, is because Bran is the bait, because that's all he does in this episode. Um, so yeah, I, I do want to jump to that now that we've mentioned it a couple of times. So the only thing Bran does in this episode is walk into a flock of crows and go up to the Night King and do what? Well, yeah, and then, there was, and, and, then, there's, there's... and then just sits there for the rest of the episode. Yeah, there's he's sort of because he's talking to Theon. He has this this conversation with Theon, and then he's yeah. going, "I'm going to go now." Walks into a bunch of crows, and then doesn't really do anything else. And there's a weird look between the pair of them right at the very end. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm hoping that some of that will get explained in the last three episodes. Yeah, but. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, Bran really, really didn't do anything but sit there and be bait. So, yeah, yeah. He goes into these crows and we we follow them with the camera, or whatever. And mm. we see the Night King. He kind of puts his hand out or something, and then like he's kind of put in different lighting, and then it stops there. So, and this is again, like you said, hopefully next week Bran says like, "Oh, I walked." Uh, to for these to these crows and went to the Night King and did this and that, but we just didn't see it on screen. If I yeah. was to have one complaint about this episode and that that's the only one, it would be in fact I don't know if you call it a complaint. It's more of a confusion as to okay, what did Brand do? Um, yeah. But other than that, I didn't have any complaints. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all kind of just setting up and getting ready. Um, and uh, yeah, we also see. Um, yeah, we should jump to. A, did you have anything to say about the sort of the setup or anything? No, no, I mean, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much covered everything. Cool. Um, so we have a bit with Jon Snow and, uh, yeah, Jon Snow and Daenerys uh, ride the dragons Rhaegal and Drogon to the outskirts of the battlefield to await an opportunity to ambush the Night King. Good luck. Uh, as the battle is about to begin, uh, <laughs> Melisandre arrives and ignites the um, Dothraki's weapons, is the easiest way to sort of describe that. Yeah. They're, they're sort of curved weapons so i think they're quite cool weapons actually so um yeah she uh yeah Miss La- melisandre's back we do have a, uh, a twitter thing later about melisandre but i'll read that when we get to the emails and feedback and stuff yeah um but yeah she basically came in served her purpose it was cool to see her get essentially her resolution to her character um and it was cool to see her use her fire power magic stuff whatever you want to call it yes um, yeah the, the lord of light i suppose um and uh yeah do her job and it was really just as simply written as that so um but no it was cool to see like the the 
almost overhead shot of like from left to right these swords all just kind of get lit up in a row yeah. that was kind of cool as well so <laughs> yes lighting something that that episode <laughs> could right. do could do with <laughs> um yeah i mean the uh that that was great and, and it was good to actually see her use her her power you know uh, and on a grand scale like that at least once because we've uh, melisandre melisandre's been one of these characters where you're never entirely sure because she's come up with various property uh, yeah, prophecies and they've they've not really come true in, or she kind of manipulates them in such a way of going oh i said that and it's like well yeah kind of you know um it's like the stuff with you know she throws the leeches in the fire and then people started to die I, I she took credit for it you're like yeah i yeah i don't know whether you can really kind of you know say will you cause that it's you know, so you you never quite know exactly how much power she genuinely has, or whether she's a complete charlatan. And it was nice to see that there is actually some power here. Uh, I mean, she obviously wasn't complete charlatan because she did birth a giant demon a few seasons ago. So the, she obviously has some power. But it was nice to see her actually using that, and for a force and good this mm. time around. You know, um, yeah. and, and it gave them a lovely visual shot to open the episode with as well. Yeah. Uh, following the uh, the Dothraki charge, which yeah, is which the we'll sort talk of next about next. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It it it's kind of fits nicely into the theme of like for seven seasons we've had like oh the White Walkers are out there and but no but nobody believed anybody that said about them basically because uh, there was lots of different people yeah. that talked about them and the fact that like they've barely come they've barely just like kind of all got there in time like Jamie came back and Theon came back and now Melisandre's come back and everybody else that kind of came back to to group up with um our heroes i suppose or, or winterfell uh i should say um and then like melisandre comes back and the, f- the whole fact of like okay we've just about gotten like you know the dothraki and the unsullied and, and everybody else together and then like they had kind of a battle plan but i also like the um it's not sort of mentioned as much but it's something i noticed a little bit of like okay because we've been squabbling for so long we have the numbers here but we're not quite like prepared per se but i like how that kind of got paid off which was like did did you get what i mean like they they sort of threw themselves together kind of last minute because it was almost a realization for everybody of like okay we yeah we need jamie he's done some bad stuff we need him okay melisandre's Mm -hmm. done some bad stuff okay she's come back theon he's done some bad stuff but we need him uh it's not like you know if if cersei turned up last episode and said i want to help you they would be a bit like okay we don't believe you kind of thing but with theon coming back and you can see some you know the good in those kind of yeah. people from melisandre jamie and theon to kind of come back and they're the basic basically the message being okay we need as many people as possible uh and for them to all kind of come back but have yeah have the numbers but not have the tactics because they've still been kind of squabbling for too long and you kind of see that in some of the the battle stuff which i i liked it as well because it has been a theme for so long and it would have been slightly less realistic if like they'd have snapped together like a, a plan really kind of quickly i know that they have like um you know the unsolid gonna go here the dothraki gonna go here and we're gonna do this with the dragons and that but like it didn't quite click in the, in the yeah. way it needed to but because of that yeah they're, reason, they're so. not they're not a, a cohesive army that's been fighting together for a really long time they've got right. kind of vague ideas of what they're supposed to be doing and but it, it, i know what you mean it it sets it up as being this is a battle of the living versus the dead and if you're alive you should be on one side and if you're dead you should be on another which also actually helps 
kind of highlights Cersei's utter betrayal of not only her family and her brother, just the fact that she absolutely refused to show up because it best served her interests (laughs) not to be involved in that fight. And I mean, yeah, just to sit in her castle and, and let, you know, not help out and lose some of her forces you know, she'd rather have them see if they can defeat. I mean, it's a, it's a bold, risky move actually on her part because if they'd failed, you know, which they nearly did, yep. if they had actually failed in that, then she would have suddenly had to, on her own, be dealing with the uh, Night King, and she would never be able to defeat him. So, you know, is that? Uh, so it's continuing the battle. In the ensuing battle, the Dothraki draw the first charge and are quickly taken out in the shadows because they go off into, yeah, the, into the, uh, the the storm or whatever you want to call it, and you just see the light slowly go out. And yeah, that's that. I, I really I like mean, the way that they did that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that were like because I I don't think anybody gave the Dothraki the order to charge. There was never any shout no, of you know that's get the whole them. setup and, uh, I was talking about. Yeah, and it, it's sort of, it is a, it's a rubbish use of of cavalry, actually, to do that, uh, you know, because what you really should be doing is firing the the big, you know, balls of fire at them yeah, and things, yeah. arrows and, and that's, you know, fiery arrows and, and that sort of stuff. That's what you would normally do. And then you'd use the cavalry as a mobile force to, I mean, anybody that plays Total War or any of those sort of games will know that you don't use cavalry like that. You don't just run them straight into the enemy first. Um, uh, that that appears to have been the Dothraki being Dothraki and just going, screw this, we've got flaming swords, charge! You know, so mm. uh, that uh, uh, that was sort of, yes, I'm sorry we've lost so many Dothraki, but it was kind of their own fault, right. you know. Uh, I mean, it was... It was a great visual shot, though, because the fact that they didn't, you know, you, uh, it, and it's, I, I think part of that could be budgetary because you don't have to then deal with massive amounts of horses in that battle. You've then got like all the cavalry are basically killed just by doing little lights going off in the distance, which, mm. uh, you know, but it, it made for this lovely, uh, really well, you know, eerie kind of foreboding yeah. scene a sense of, of doom of like okay these lights are literally going out yeah and like okay we know what that means and like you sort of look at some of the faces of the characters and they're like oh sort of thing yeah um, yeah we're like this isn't good yeah so, so yeah I, I liked how that was done as well so and a few mm. a few of them came back but not many of them so no. um Jorah uh, retreats to the Unsullied as they begin uh, formation. Um, a gust of snowstorm aids the host of the undead whites and quickly overwhelms the forces of the living. Poor Ed, uh, the remaining yeah. uh, commander of the Night's Watch, is killed, but he saves Sam. Uh, so that's our first death of the episode. Some people wouldn't think it was a big death, but it's a notable character death, and it's a it's a yeah interesting nice one to start with. Um, so yeah, that's interesting as well. No, I mean he's he's not he's not a huge character, but you know he he has is somebody that's been there pretty much since the beginning, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it is it is a notable character to go. I mean, yes, he's a secondary character, but it is a notable character to go. And and like you say, he was at that point uh, in charge of the Night's Watch or what's left of the Night's Watch. Um, so yeah, I mean, so poor Ed, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he, he saved Sam, so Sam gets to live later on. 
Uh, deviating from their plan, the Dragon Riders uh, burn the advancing whites as uh, the living begin retreating to the castle. I, I like the idea of, like, um, you know, they go in, they try and fight these things, and they realise, like, okay, we need to just literally retreat. Like, you've got these massive characters, like... Uh, Jorah and Jamie and Brienne, all these really capable fighters, and they have even got to the point of like, no, we need to retreat, and they're all just shouting it and running back. So, again, it does pass on that sense of doom, yeah, as well. So, I, I thought that yeah. was interesting. Um, but yeah, deviating from the plan, the Dragon Riders, yeah, I already read that bit, uh, to protect the castle. Um, again, just another one of those classic, like the dragons flying over a scene, and like there's just, just, just this sort of big pack of enemies and it's just sort of like breathing through all of them or whatever or breathing fire like on all of them just from sort of left to right kind of thing um which is always yeah. is always just glorious to watch M- like me and uh uh david kind of said um you you don't get this in like many other shows so no no that's uh interesting as well uh so yeah, anything to say about the the dragons burning the the whites and stuff yeah, yeah, cool, cool visual. Nice to see the dragons being used because I mean the plan always seemed to be hold the dragons back because you do know that there is an undead dragon out there somewhere because they are aware he has one, and yeah. you also know that he's got a fairly good javelin arm, that Night King, and you don't want to lose any more dragons and have him get the ability to raise another one. That really would have turned the tide of the battle. So you, you sort of want to keep the dragons back and really focus them on on trying to take out the night king which of course we knew wasn't going to work but they didn't know that so I, I think that sort of makes sense as an initial strategy given what they knew at the time uh, but when you're seeing hundreds and thousands of undead running towards your friends you kind of have to step in i guess yeah so um so yeah, it was it was nicely done. Some of the stuff with the dragons, I thought. I mean, it it was a little confusing in places about sort of which dragon was attaching, was attacking who. Uh, some people were complaining, oh, I couldn't tell who was on what dragon. It's like, well, if you don't know by now that Daenerys is on Drogon, and you know, so I mean, it's, you you can kind of you know which dragon each person is right, riding. She's so. been on him for seasons. Yeah, so, yeah. Um... So yeah, I wasn't too confused about that. I, I I noticed that Drogon's got a bit more uh, like pink on on his um, whatever you call the things on dragon, um, right. and then Jon's just simply on the other one. And then with the with the I guess the evil one or the undead one, it's a case of like okay, you look out for the blue flames and you also look out for the the holes in the wings. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it. I mean at some points it was slightly more difficult to tell between. Uh, is it Viserion the the other? Viserion, I think, and, and Rhaegal and Rhaegal. Drogon are the three. Okay, Rhaegal's the other one. Uh, Rhaegal and Drogon. It was sometimes difficult to tell between the two, but at some points it didn't quite matter so much. But the the only time yeah. it kind of did matter was when the three of them were like flying together. Yeah. Because uh, obviously when John like crashes a bit later and you know, okay, you see John anyway and you know it's the other dragon, so... Uh, let's move back to Bran. Uh, at the Godswood, uh, Bran walks onto a nearby flock of crows to follow the Night King, and uh, yeah, he yeah he he, he doesn't, doesn't doesn't really yeah he does yeah. that that's Again, it he might we, have done, he might have done something but we didn't see it and he didn't say anything because yeah the only like you said the only thing he said to Theon was I'm gonna go now and as soon as he said that I was like what what do you mean and then he started started walking I was like all right that's what he means um yeah. and then uh. 
yeah, he does that. He goes up to Night's King. I, I mean, the visual of the Night's King there was kind of interesting, but I mean, it, that didn't matter quite so much as like, okay, what is what is Brand doing? But what uh, is he doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what well, one of the guesses could be like, okay, he was flock- going into this flock of birds to like, I don't know, poke at the Night King's face or something. Yeah, I, I do wonder if yeah maybe maybe he was he was doing it to to sort of try and signal to the Night King where exactly he was or I I don't know it, that the whole brand thing is very unclear right now so I'm sort of hoping that as I say the next three episodes does give a little bit more context to what Bran actually either was doing in this battle or what he's you know where, where he's going to end up because mm. that just didn't make much sense because he didn't help or do anything in that battle as far as we know i mean you could have a conversation between like let's say i mean the most appropriate person like john let's say he goes over to brand next episode and says oh what happened with like theon um sort of thing not not as like complaining just saying like okay what was his like i don't know just talking about what happened between between him and theon and maybe he dis- describes something there or somebody ask him about what he did with the Night King because um, in yeah. terms of like characters having conversations with him I would be kind of surprised if nobody goes up to him and says oh you know what happened with Theon and uh, what happened between you and the Night King just a little kind of conversation would be just something that, that could be interesting um, Daenerys uh, pursued by the Night King is unable to uh, light the defensive uh, trench to delay the uh, undead because that was kind of one of the backup plans yes. uh, forcing the Unsullied to protect Melisandre as she casts a spell to set it alight or magic or whatever you want to call it to set it ablaze interesting with her um, let me read the rest of this while uh, the flaming uh, trench provides uh, a temporary effect uh, the undead ultimately breaches uh, the wall itself or the, the, the firewall sort of thing um, and then they continue through. I like the way that they did that as like, okay, yeah. they would be on fire, but if you pile like five, six, seven, eight of them, you would eventually get that thing extinguished. Um, cause yeah, even though they the basically, that, yeah, using them basically the as a bridge. Pile the dead, it would still affect, like, it wouldn't affect quite so much the ones on the top. So yeah, it it's almost the same sort of thing as, uh, the, there's the thing on hard home where they're all up on it, on the hilltop and the night king just tells them all to jump off. And they basically just just all end up kind of jumping off. And sure, some of them are going to break limbs when they land, but a lot of them didn't. And they all just kind of got back up and carried on running. <laughs> so uh, it, it's got, you know, it, it's another thing that visualizes the fact that, you know, you're not fighting a normal army, you're fighting the undead. And they are just going to do what they're told to do. And if that means walking in fire and creating a bridge for your fellow undead people, then that's what you do. So. Mm. You know, that's that's how it, it sort of it's one of those things where it, it really highlights the fact that, you know, tactics that you think would work against a normal army will not work against an undead army. So, yeah, I like the kind of look from her as well, again, pushing the idea of like the dread, because even somebody is like trained or whatever as Melisandre, she's kind of eventually giving this look of like, Okay, this army's getting closer, and I'm doing the spell over and over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not working. And you, the camera sort of zooms in off on her face a bit, and you see the dread of like, okay, one of them things might just jump through the the spikes or whatever and just stab me in the face. I suppose. Um, yeah. But again, pushing the idea of like you know the dread even from somebody like Melisandre. So uh, yeah. that that's when you know stuff is bad. So, um, but yeah, she serves her her purpose again, and um, it's great to sort of see that. 
while defending the Northern Wall and taking out several uh, of the undead, Arya Stark, the hero of the day, is injured uh, and chased off by a pack of whites. Um, and it, it doesn't say here, but the the scene where she does that sort of roll down the uh, the White Walkers is really quite cool as well. And I like the yeah. the, the little added touch just before that of like there's two or three in front of her and she's doing this spinning and stabbing and all that and she can take them on. Yeah. Um. But then when th- there's that bit. I think it's actually the same pile of, of White Walkers or the same crowd of them where there's like eight or nine of them and then that's the the realistic sense of like okay I can't, can't quite take on this many of them and I have to come up with something different to do um, yeah. it's like okay Arya Stark's great she's really really well trained and you see that just before but like when there's like ten of these things you know no one person can really take on all them at, at once so uh, yeah. that's interesting but yeah her doing that roll down the uh, the White yeah, Walkers over the top of them very, yeah, very yeah. Cool. yeah it's great so uh, she's followed by Sandalok again and Beric as well. Uh, Beric later sacrifices himself, but let's talk about the bit before. Because you have essentially the Hound or Sandor. Um, he's like up against this wall and he's got, I guess it's like war PTSD or whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, Beric's like, Arya needs you. Like she's not giving up and she needs you and she's fighting and then he kind of clicks out of it. I like the sort of little connection yeah. there as well. Yeah, that I mean, this, yeah, because Arya, Arya, we see earlier on firing an arrow at something chasing the hound when they're outside the wall so you sort of see Arya saving the hound and then you see the hound essentially helping to save Arya and and that's the thing that snaps him out of his this sort of panicked um PTSD state that he's in uh, I, yeah, that was great. I I really like that that sort of that that depiction of the hound where it's like you know he's he's suffering ptsd partly because of the fire and yeah. also the fact that i mean you know every battle he's been in they've kind of lost or you know he's he's always been a bit of a fatalist when it comes to that he's always a bit of of kind of you know we're never going to win this i mean the same thing happened with, at the battle when they were in uh the um when they were in king's landing which is is when he ran off and hid in sansa's room um He's he's very much like that. We're never going to win this. We're all doomed. I'm going off somewhere, you know. Mm. So that sort of rolls into that, coupled with the fact that you're surrounded by fire, which, let's be honest, is not the hand's favourite thing. So um, I, I I like the fact that you know Beric's there to go, you know, tell her that, and you see Arya still fighting, and that's the thing that snaps him out of it. I really like that dynamic between the two of them. It's great. Yeah. Do you still think he's gonna? Uh, she's gonna kill him later. I don't know. I, I really not sure. Um, I don't think she is going to kill him. I don't think. Uh, I mean, for a start, he's got to fight his brother yet, so we've got that coming. Right. But yeah, because the, they've got they've been running that for seasons, mm, so that the, uh, has that. Little yep. game balls thing. So that really has to happen, I guess, as part of the big battle sequence that the next big battle sequence that we're going to have. Because I mean, you know, we're talking about this being wow, this is incredible. This is a major battle sequence, and we do have another major battle sequence coming up. We assume. Yeah, yeah. Well, they still got to win at um at uh, King's Landing. So, um, yes. or maybe they don't. Maybe Cersei wins. We we just don't know. So uh, maybe that's the bit of sweet ending. Yeah, they defeated the army of the dead, but. Cersei's on the throne. Uh, who knows? Because I kept thinking throughout this episode, uh, some sometimes throughout through the episode, like 
Okay, we've been told we're getting kind of a bittersweet ending. What does that mean? That could mean a number of different things. And then, like, looking at yeah. different characters and, like, okay, who could die? And then, um, I mean, because I, I still stuck by the prediction of, like, okay, John's going to die taking out the Night King. And then Danny will be on the throne. But it'll be the bittersweet thing of John isn't there. But, of course, that didn't happen. Uh, which, it's fine to predict wrong for Game of Thrones. I'm sure a number of people have done it. Um, just like the people that were predicting for years that Bran is the Night King. Obviously not anymore. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see what that's going to mean when the when the series ends. So, and we have three episodes to to find that out. Yeah. Uh, but let's continue with this episode. Uh, Beric sacrifices himself after being stabbed. What like eight times? Something like that. Times. Yes. Yeah. Uh, himself uh, to let Arya and Clegane narrowly escape uh, to Melisandre. He does make it on the other side of the door, but he dies pretty much there. Um, who encourages Arya to fulfill uh, her 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 um, prophecy thing? The whole um, what's it? What do you, what do we say to the face of death? Not today. Yeah, um, what do we say to the face of death? And then she she goes, uh, yeah. We, so she said, oh, I I told you you'd be killing people with like brown eyes, green eyes, and blue eyes. Mm. Now if you they <clears throat> they actually uh, on the after show they actually replayed that clip, and that's a classic example of her kind of altering what she said slightly um to make it fit in with the story make it fit in with her seeming like she's this great prophet because when she initially says that that phrase about eyes she says uh green eyes blue eyes brown eyes and then when she alter when she mentions it the second time she alters it to like brown eyes green eyes blue eyes so she put blue eyes with the emphasis at the end so she switches it round to make it seem like oh yeah yeah with the statement of the first time sort of seems like it is um a statement about you know just generally you'll kill lots of people whereas she tries to make the emphasis the second time of like ah, i told you you'd be here killing dead people you know so it it, it, it's sort of that's another one of those this is one of the reasons why i never really trusted that character she's very manipulative mm. um and uh i i think that yeah that was an interesting little sort of highlight thing that they did so um yeah and and uh, and you know she also makes this this the the statement about what do we say to the uh god of death not today thing right so Good. Yeah, I, I like the bit just before when um, Arya's in the, I assume it was like a library, uh, and she's trying to like, um, sort of Assassin's Creed or Splinter Cell, whatever stealth game you want to <laughs> sort of mention, yeah. uh, through this library, and she's like, she throws the book and everything, and she's got all this, this like blood dripping, and then that attracts them, and that was like, that was really, really great to, to sort of watch yeah. as well. Yeah, it's a good bit of um, sort of classic horror tension. That... Right, yeah, and we've not had really that in game of thrones too much like hiding from the white walkers it's usually been like here come a bunch of them we've got to fight them again it's not really ever been stealth sort of stuff um because like yeah. in, in walking dead we have that quite a bit where it's well it's, yeah. u- it's usually the slow zombies anyway because they were slowed down here because they were just walking around um but that's usually what walking dead kind of goes for more is like okay they're in this big like horde or whatever and we've either got to take them all out as a bunch or we've got to sort of stealth around them um, but in Game yeah. of Thrones, it's usually been okay. They're running towards us, and, and there is no stealth. Um, so, kind of different thing for us to to sort of see as well. So, mm. um, also, if you want to watch something that's really, really good, zombie related with running zombies, uh, absolutely go and watch Black Summer because it's it's really, really good. Uh, that's on Netflix, by the way. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah, it was really cool to watch, and it was cool throughout this episode to see 
some of our areas like i guess training come into to sort of yeah again and just like different nods different things that she's done like her fighting her assassin skills her stealth and all that um which you pretty much need all that to defeat the night king so yeah um uh the night king uses his dragon fire to breach the north gate as a uh, white giant enters uh, and attacks uh, the Mormon uh, banner, Lady Mormon uh, kills the giant. Uh, sorry, Liana Mormon um, kills the giant, but perishes from wounds uh, inflicted by it because she gets crushed. I think yeah. we should pause and talk about that on its own. Um, <laughs> Liana Mormon going out like a badass she yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was interesting to see because that giant comes through and he sort of does that swipe from left to right. People yeah. get knocked out of the way, and you sort of see her get knocked out of the way. And you kind of think straight away, like, okay, did he, like, give her a blow to the head then sort of thing and, and kill yeah. her then? Because that's entirely possible as well. Um, but no, seeing her get up and just sort of scream or whatever and, and then just, like, you've got this great big giant and all she needs to do is, like, stab it in the thigh. Um, yeah. I mean, really cool. it was pretty obvious once he picked her up and she was still alive. I kind of thought she's going to stab him in the eye. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to see her go because she was, she was such a wonderful character. Mm. But, um yeah, I mean, what a what a way to go out. Yeah, I I, I think yeah, because she's only really been around the last well, I think she introduced towards the end of last season. So uh, yeah, I mean, just brilliant. I, I really like that the fact that you know if you're going to go out, at least you go out killing like the littlest character or one of the littlest characters, yeah. killing the ginormous giant. Is she is she shorter than Tyrion? Just great. Or about no, probably not. Tyrion. Yeah, maybe, maybe I suspect she's slightly mm. taller. Actually, yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to compare them. I'm just trying to think about you know because you said small characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of that thing where like you know when you see a character get slightly injured and then you think okay are they dead and then something else happens. It was that thing of like he picks her up, you hear a couple of cracks and you're like she might be okay here and then he picks up he picks up a bit more and then squeezes her again. You kind of hear another crack. And you think like, okay, yeah, you're like, no, she's not okay. Bones in yeah. there, uh, and then of course she stabs the thing and just. Um, I mean, if the second crush wasn't going to be enough, I think her being sort of slammed on the ground in the aftermath, yeah, would have got her as well. But uh, yeah, I saw this artwork that somebody did on, uh, I think on one of the Facebook groups I'm in of like just this big. Ju- it was a a um, one was it was taken from the angle of like behind her, so you're sort of looking at her look at this big giant and you sort of see this massive giant thing and this little girl with a, a sort of dagger or a sword um so yeah really kind of a cool thing for them to do so um but yeah she's unfortunately dead so uh john charges at the night king and as the um latter fights back he's intercepted by daenerys uh who quickly actually this is after the um dragon fight scene but we have that as well where the three of the dragons are fighting um and there's this is where things did get a little bit more hard to see but Again, for me, not in terms of the lighting. It was more in terms of, like, okay, we have all this storm stuff. And, like, it was a bit more intentional in that way. Um, yeah. But, like, you see some, some like, l- l- like the dragon bite the other one. And, like, some of the scales and stuff come off and whatever. Um, and then John like, crashes to the ground later. Um, that dragon's still alive, isn't it? Because we didn't see y- yeah. it dead. If you've seen the... Yeah, if you've seen the trailer for... Um, next week, which has been floating around online and stuff, there are two dragons in that trailer, so he's definitely alive. Mm. Um, That's good. The, yeah. Probably need two for King's Landing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was left a bit up in the air by the end of that episode, but then they released the trailer, and that definitely had a shot of two dragons in it. So, you know, he is definitely alive. That dragon. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, what do you think of the the aerial fight between the three dragons? Yeah, I mean, as I say, that was a bit that got a little bit confusing. Uh, uh, and uh, it was interesting to see one of them crash to the ground. And this, again, is another great bit of misdirection because, you know, they both end up, you know, John crashes to the ground, the Night King crashes to the ground. You're thinking, oh, this is it. This is it. They're going to go and, and battle. And then it doesn't happen. And you're like, ah, OK. So, I, yeah, this was almost another good bit of of redirection again because they're setting this up of you. you everybody goes into this assuming that it's going to be John versus the Night King. And, you know, as we know, that's not where it ends up. But I thought, yeah, the, the, the battle in the sky itself was a little bit confusing to, to watch. But I don't think that mattered all that much. I don't know how you do that battle in a satisfactory visual way yeah. that wasn't like really in there and close up shots. And, you know, I, I think if you shot it from a distance, it would still look a little bit confusing because you still, you know, it's it not so you can't really tell who's on what dragon from a distance either so it was always going to be a bit tricky but i don't think it mattered too much you you knew when one of them went down you knew who went down so you know because you saw the camera focus on john yeah yeah and you saw the night king go down and you know so you you knew who had had lost at that point or who because he fell off his dragon didn't he yeah yeah night king so i just saw him fall through the sky so yeah that was cool uh shame he can't die from fall damage but that might have been a bit of an unsatisfactory way to kill the night king but um yeah yeah but again like where where on tv have you seen three i mean where in cinema or film have you seen three dragons fight i mean two of them fight the one in the in an aerial battle like I can't yeah, think of something where that's happened before. So again, just just uh, appreciate what you've got on screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Where are we? Uh. John charges at the Night King as the uh, latter fights back. He is intercepted by Daenerys, who quickly dismounts. Uh. From uh, him. Uh. From his dragon and uh, tries to burn him. Immune to dragonfire. So yeah, this was the big scene where like she's yeah. just breathing down on him and yeah she basically kind of corners him and just goes jakaris and we're like right. this isn't gonna work we mm. know he's immune to fire i mean we're assuming he's immune to dragon fire but yeah we didn't know that but it's like you're not going to kill him that way because that would have been way too easy so uh that that was sort of interesting because you can see the look on daddy's face of going ah crap i thought that'd work so. yeah i like kind of the the is it the t1000 from terminator the, the the one that's like relentlessly yeah. sort yeah, of there was, yes there was a certain amount of that yeah 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 and like the, the she stops the fire and he's just standing there reminded me of those those kind of scenes so yeah uh yeah he's immune to dragon fire the night king retaliates by throwing he's got one of his spears and danny needs needs realize she needs to get out of there yeah i uh, think Thankfully, she realised fast enough that it's like, oh, crap, he's got a spear, and that is just to get dragon out of the way, which is the important thing, because you need to save the dragons. Right. She's like, yeah, this, oh, crap, this happened before, so let's get out of here. Um, So she retreats. Uh, John runs to face him in combat, tries to sprint after him, but he's just a bit too... It wasn't even like that the Night King outpaced him. It was the distance that was already between them, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, And he can't quite, like, make up the ground. Uh, but the Night King turns around, lifts his arms up slowly and resurrects the dead. And this is where, like, this is kind of where those thoughts of, like, everybody could die started to click in. And I knew in the back of my head that wasn't a possibility. But you have that kind of in-the-moment thing of the just bigger sense of doom and gloom. Doom and gloom. Cause I took yeah, yeah. With the, you know, the Unsullied going in and the, the uh, sorry, the Dothraki going in. 
and uh, the lights getting extinguished and uh, you know Melisandre with the whole spell thing not working and this was really kind of I guess the final piece to that in the in the dread sort of sense I mean you have it uh, later as well with like the dragon kind of stomping around on on Winterfell which again is like okay there's dragons right here in this in this thing um but yeah he slowly uh, resurrects them um all the dead that fall in the battle as well as those buried beneath the crypts uh so we get to that as well we begin attacking attacking yeah. the uh, civilians down there including Sansa Tyrion Varys Masandi and uh, Gilly as well a lot of people don't like Gilly I yeah I don't have an issue with Gilly. I think Gilly's a perfectly lovely character. I I yeah. mean you know I I wouldn't have been surprised if she died in this episode. We don't actually know what happened to Gilly. I would have thought she didn't die because you would have seen would have had a, to shown that on screen and they I, didn't. So yeah, I think you would have seen a bigger death if if that was the case. So I would have thought she's okay, but it's it's really difficult to tell. Um, I think for, for in this episode for her it's a case of like okay she's not one of the bigger characters here so we can kind of show she's down there but like you don't need to show specifics with her because they show more specific scenes like with Tyrion yeah. and Sansa uh, later but um, yeah that's just what that is um, and yeah they start breaking out of the, like, the walls and all that sort of stuff and uh, it's again the, one of the things that the, I guess the whole fan base has kind of talked about of like the, the dead Starks that are down there we didn't see a headless uh uh ned or whatever but um i mean ned, no no i mean i yeah the, the this whole sequence you do wonder whether they they must have thought about because i mean we saw liana mormont get resurrected and you do wonder whether they they thought about or even maybe shot some sequences of of people having to take down people that they know um maybe. and you know whether whether they decided not to use that for pacing or whatever, but I, yeah, I do wonder whether that actually crossed their mind. I, I, I can understand not doing that with the Starks that are in the crypt, because I mean, those bodies generally, with the exception of uh, what's the youngest Stark? Rickon? Um, uh, Rickon, that's it. Is the exception of Rickon, who might not have decomposed that much. The rest of them are going to basically be skeletons. So, mm. you know, at this point... Um, so I, I I'm not surprised you didn't in the crypts really see anything like you know more substantial. Um, but yeah, I mean that that as we said all along, and I think everybody said after last week's episode of like you know they're making a big thing about going down to the crypts and you've got somebody that can raise the dead coming to the to Winterfell. That seems like a really bad idea, and I was amazed nobody thought about that. But uh, yeah, so uh, you, as everybody predicted he raised the dead in the crypt and that caused havoc down there. But, yeah. uh, that, that did lead to that, like really nice scene between, um, Theon and, uh, not Theon, um, uh, Peter Dinklage, his character. Tyrion, yeah. uh, so Tyrion, that's it. The names go, uh, Tyrion and Sansa, which was right. Really good when they're sort of sat hiding and handing each other knives and sort of going, right, let's do this. Yeah. That was really impactful. Like, and then yeah. he like kiss, uh, her hand or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, as a way of like, okay, we might die here sort of thing. Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question about earlier when, when the Knights Kings raising the, uh, the dead around John, was there any points in this episode you thought John could have died? Yeah, I mean, I I was wondering if they were going to kill John at some point in this episode because we we had predicted that maybe one of them won't make it right to the very end, and mm. 
you know, John dying, trying to stop the Night King would have been one way of taking him out. And uh, I mean, there were various points of this, as you say, as you get further and further into it, you're thinking, how the hell are they going to get out of this? Yeah, this is this is like you know it is, as you get particularly you know you get that scene, the scene later on where john's pinned down by the dragon you're thinking you know because you you're still thinking at that point i think most people are thinking well it's got to be john to take out the night king how is he going to get there mm. and at every step he's getting blocked and getting pushed back or you know he's he's not moving quick enough and you kind of thinking how how is this going to work so uh yeah i think it was entirely feasible all the way through that you could have killed john that was kind of at that point in the episode. I think there was about ten minutes left, um, and I thought like, okay, how will they? Because you can't really leave an episode like this on a cliffhanger, um, no. unless it's some sort of like pause state potentially. I mean, because you have an episode next week, it's not like a few months wait or something. Yeah. Um. So you could have done like a pause state potentially, but um, as they had like ten minutes left, I was like, okay, how are they gonna get out of this and wrap this up, sort of thing. Um, yeah. which was again adding to the kind of tension the tension in in i guess the viewer's mind of like okay we're running out of time sort of thing so yeah uh, but they handled that well uh daenerys returns to the ground to burn the whites around surrounding john so the bit we just talked about um who quickly run after uh the night king to the godswood uh he is uh cornered by the undead um dragon uh while a group of uh whites attack drogon who flies away i'm surprised drogon didn't react a bit react a bit quicker because you sort of see that bit between danny and john and drogon well, kind of standing there for a few seconds and i'm like okay there's whites climbing onto your back <laughs> yeah but i think drogon's also aware that danny is in danger and he's sort of you could sort of think that drogon you know they're they're, they're intelligent dragons and they're probably she's probably he's probably looking thinking well i don't want to leave her in the middle of all this but you know i'm gonna die if i stay here because i've got these whites climbing all over me so you sort of think again it's it, it's a great example of them pushing one of the dragons in quite a lot of peril because you, you do mm. sort of think how is he gonna get out of this you know and and drogon would be a major major loss so yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of understand the hesitation on his part because you sort of think, well, yeah, he's probably thinking I don't want to leave my mum, but I got to go at this point. Otherwise, mm. I'm not going to get out of this. Right, because if I die, I can't protect my queen or my mum. Yeah. Well. yeah. Uh, it's a mum to him, isn't it? So, yes. Yeah. Uh, so you have that as well. Um, yeah. What do you have here? He's cornered by the undead Viserion while a group of whites attack Drogon, who flies away, uh, dislodging uh, Daenerys. Surrounded by the dead, she is rescued by Jorah, who really just fights until his last breath. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, as soon as he's kind of killed that last white, he just, that's when he knows, like, okay, I can kind of, well, relax in a way, but also die in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah, great acting from Emilio with the whole, um, you know, uh, grieving over him and stuff, and really great to yeah. see, because uh, Drogon comes back afterwards, doesn't he? And yeah. sort of, like, cuddles in a dragon way that you can, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. and Daenerys and stuff, so, yeah, um, future Bruce Wayne goes out fighting as, <laughs> as Jorah, so, yeah, because uh, I mean, if you don't know, he's going to be playing uh, Bruce Wayne in Titans Season 2, yeah. Ho- hopefully he puts on the... The, the hat and cow, or the the mask and cow, or whatever. But um, yeah. we shall see. 
But yeah, that's that's the end of Jorah. But he goes out doing what he wanted to do, which is protect protect his queen, protect Daenerys. Um, yes. And I'm glad there wasn't any kind of like uh, him bringing up any sort of. I mean, he wasn't going to use the word friend zone, but any sort of like you know because <laughs> she didn't pursue the relationship with him. But in, in the end, it's like okay, I'm defending my queen in this real moment of peril of like okay, there's all these dead uh, whites around. Um, and I quite like, I mean, it's the way that we kind of wanted him to go out or the way he could have gone out and probably if you'd asked him the way that he would have chosen to go out as well. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. only kind of fitting for, for him to kind of sort of die that way as well. So, yeah, yeah, no fit, fitting way for, for him to end going out, saving the person that he loves, um, you know, protecting Daenerys, which is what he always promised that he'd do, mm. uh, poor house Mormont, which is basically destroyed at this point, but, um, yeah. I, I did wonder whether we'd lose Lyanna and maybe Jorah would manage to make it through and he'd end up taking over House Mormont. But it makes sense for him to go out this way, for him to go out protecting Daenerys. And mm. and it was interesting seeing Daenerys' reaction where she was really, really upset. I mean, you, you know, you've not really seen her quite that upset before. So I, I thought that was lovely. And, you know, it was terrible, but entirely appropriate and, and worked really really well i thought mm-hmm. um yeah be called what's his name ian glenn is it ian glenn yeah ian glenn be called cool see him in uh, titans which will probably come out uh later for the us and then probably january or something for, for the uk uh if you want to see that it's season one's on netflix or dc universe if you're in the the states America. yeah yes uh, the Night King arrives at the Godswood uh, and faces Theon, kind of. He more to sort of sacrifice himself. Uh, Bran tells Theon... Uh, Bran thanks Theon, sorry, and tells him he's a good man, which I think was the last kind of, okay, somebody's told me I've done a good job, and now I yeah. can, like, give myself the full sacrifice. Because given, you know, what he's done in the past to the Starks, I think it's quite fitting that, like, the last thing he... Well, the last words anyone speaks to him is from a Stark saying, like, thank you, you're a good man, and you've, like saved me even though the night king's over there and might kill me but you saved me in yeah. this situation and you defended me against all the whites that just charged us and all that sort of stuff um theon then charges at the night king with his spear but is very quickly disarmed and stabbed almost instantly yeah um do you think he could have i mean th- there's two ways to look at this either this is theon like kind of killing himself in a way and this is also like what about if... Because did, did Theon have any other options? Could he have, like... I mean, if he'd have ran away, it uh, might have been a bit of, a, like, a cowardly thing. But then again, you have the thing of, like, okay, a Stark's told him he's a good man, and this is his, like, yeah, out, I mean, essentially. I think at this point... I mean, Theon's character arc throughout the entire show has been utterly phenomenal. And, yeah. I mean, Alfie, Alfie Allen has been amazing in that role. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. And... Uh, there was, there was a really funny text. Lily, his sister, posted a, a sort of text message on uh, Instagram of them talking to each other about it. And, you know, uh, Alfie's basically going, bloody Aria couldn't be two minutes late. It couldn't be two minutes early. You know, that sort of thing. Um, oh, dear. But, uh, yeah, it, I mean, I, I thought Alfie did a, a phenomenal job. It's been one of the most interesting character arcs because, you know, we've loved him. We've hated him. Uh, he's had redemption. Um, you, you sort of that really brand sort of saying to him, you're a good man, Theon. It really was the end of that arc for him. And 
I, you know, I think he must have known that there was no way he was going to beat the Night King, but he was going to go out trying. He wasn't going to run, which is what he's done the last few times when he's faced that sort of odd odds. You know, he he was going to he was going to go out and try and protect Bran. You know, the the effectively little brother of you know, he was going to try and make sure that he did something and he wasn't going to run from it. And uh, I I thought that was you know it was incredibly sad to lose Theon at that point but I I kind of think that it was the right way for him to go out uh yeah I, but phenomenal phenomenal acting from Alfie all the way through I think you know he he's just he's gone from from just this this spoiled little kid to to this incredible man just throughout this run he's been amazing yep uh, but yes, he's quickly disarmed and stabbed by the Night King with his half of his own broken spear or whatever. As the Night King approaches Bran, everything looks doomed. Yeah, it just looks yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh, so he approaches Bran. They give each other like a 30 second stare because the Night King has got all the time in the world. Uh, he then goes to reach for his sword. Uh, but Arya ambushes him from the dark. He catches her by... Um, yeah, uh, the t- neck. Yeah, yeah, the neck. Uh, and lifts her by her throat. But uh, she drops the Valerian steel dagger and with the other hand uh, grabs it and fatally stabs him. And then he falls back like a toy that's fallen over on a shelf. And <laughs> uh, yeah, just pops or whatever. Shatters. Yeah. Uh, incredible scene. Absolutely phenomenal yeah. scene. And I mean, I, I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Um, I mean, there, there had, if you go back and think about it, there have been a few signposts to sort of you know them keeping Arya protected the whole her whole journey of becoming an assassin and mm. and all that sort of stuff really has been setting her up for this moment but they've done it in such a subtle way that I don't think anybody saw that coming and and we've we've been driven down this path of uh, John versus the Night King John versus the Night King and then I mean I was Arya, saying that for weeks wasn't I like, yeah yeah I taking him out so yeah yeah and to just have Arya come out of nowhere literally <laughs> nowhere and and just flying out like a banshee and <laughs> then you I, and even in yeah. that moment you're going oh my god he's going to kill Arya yeah. and and then I, she just drops the knife and stabs him in the gut you're like just what a kick-ass move that was yeah. I mean I thought like oh he's grabbed her by her neck he's going to snap her neck and just drop her on the floor turn back round to Bran and something else is going to happen yeah because um, it just gave you that sense of like okay Jorah's just died Theon's just died and all these other characters just died whatever like Ed and that um and Leona Mormont and uh yeah it's I, I mean out of all if Arya had have died she would have been obviously the biggest character death of the episode um but yeah I mean because you see that glimpse sort of one second shot of the the um like you see over uh the Night King's shoulder and you see Arya's face kind of come in I only noticed that on like a, a, a re- rewind sort of bit because it was so quick and you sort you see something jumping forward but you don't know what it is and then he just spins around and like grabs her and then you realize kind of what's happened um but like wow the way she like dropped the, the the dagger and stuff and just stabbed him was was just incredible um and I mean at the same time you've got uh yeah like this this dragon that's about to ice john to death or burn pretty much yeah i mean john john was screwed yeah 
I I thought like because he's he's, he gets up doesn't he and he like shouts or screams something or whatever I thought like oh is he gonna jump forward and try and like behead this dragon or something yeah Um, I think that possibly was his next move and that was never gonna end well yeah yeah um it's never gonna end well and and you know Danny was still kind of in peril yeah that was the thing you know this was the point of the episode we're like how how are they gonna get out of this because they have to wrap this up for this episode how are they gonna get out of it um. And I, I mean, I did wonder if maybe they kind of managed to see them off somehow, but the Night King would get away. But I, I don't see how in the whole mythology of the show that would work because the Night King's not the Night King's not going to kind of do a runner or anything, and he's no, he's going to kill everyone. Aiming be very much, winning. yeah, he's he's very much winning at this point. So I, you did wonder what was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see that coming at all. And I, I thought it was a spectacular bit of misdirection and, um, you know, go area. <laughs> yeah. I, in terms of like big Game of Thrones characters, who's, first of all, who's your favorite character and who do you think is like the biggest Game of Thrones character? I know they're two different questions, but um, who's, who's your favorite um, Game of Thrones character? Uh, my favorite Game of Thrones character... Uh, I I would say is um, I can't remember in the name the the grandmother um, is by far my favorite the the uh, the, the uh, Natalie oh, Dormer's the... grandmother character oh, yeah, um, the, or the one who poisoned uh, Joffrey was it uh, yes Di- Diana Rigg wasn't it that played that and I can't remember the character's name but yeah, completely right. gone from my head uh, she she was by far my favorite my favorite character in the entire series because i just love how snarky she is uh i i absolutely adored her i thought she was brilliant and again went out like a sort of waving two fingers up at, at jamie and cersei mm. and uh, goes out like a badass and, and i thought that was that was fabulous she is by far one of i, I think he's my favorite character in the entire franchise uh, the biggest character is probably danny has to be at this point yeah I mean, yeah. it's Danny or John, but I th- think Danny probably edges it. I th- I think because yeah, in terms of biggest characters, I think I think you would say Danny and John, but I do think you add Arya there now. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That, now show. I mean, Arya certainly mm. uh, is a is a huge character in the show. I mean, all the Stark kids are really big characters in the show. But in, I mean, terms Danny of, John, in terms of my favorite character, I do think it's Arya as well. So yeah. Um, just because she's been on this like really cool arc and, and everything. I mean, I I like John, I like Tyrion, I like a bunch of other characters. So, uh, the Night King's death also co- uh, kills um, hosts of the Whites and the White Walkers, liberating the army of the dead, so they all pop all in one go, or they w- whatever you want to describe that as. Uh, as yeah. the sun begins to rise on the horizon, Clegane and uh, Davos uh, watch as Melisandre, having fulfilled her purpose, leaves the castle and wanders off in the snow, removing her um, necklace thing, which falls on the floor um and she collapses actually just falls to bits or whatever and her cloak falls and yeah happens in kind of one go um from the, the old age thing from the reverse whatever you want to call it and uh, that's the end of the episode so um yeah and, and davos kind of stands there and watches it happen so yes uh, uh, as kind of a last goodbye between them sort of well what an episode um well i mean i yeah i mean it was an interesting way to end it and mm. i mean Masandri we knew had to die uh that was an interesting way to end it and i mean i'm fairly sure davos would have killed her if she stayed around regardless of what she'd just done so you know yeah 
we should move swiftly on to emails. If you'd like to send yours in, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's the contact page, and there's also information in your show notes. Terry, so this um, uh, week, as Matt said, has been kind of historic. Do either of you think we could have an epic battle like this and also have a film, massive film coming out that makes a billion dollars in just a few days? I mean, it's going to be a long time before something like that happens again. Um, you could yeah. have, you could I have mean, maybe it's... like uh, the the next big Marvel film, and maybe like if the Lord of the Rings series has a big battle sort of thing. I I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you yeah, you could you could get something from the uh, but we don't, we don't know because there isn't any shows that are quite as big as Game of Thrones around at the moment. Mm. Um. I mean, there is another Game of Thrones series coming. There is the Lord of the Rings series coming. We've got Westworld um, Witcher. coming back. Uh, yeah, Witcher. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Witcher could have some quite spectacular battles in it as well. Mm. But, but I don't know that there is anybody that is going to be prepared to basically throw as much money at something like this game you know, like hbo were prepared to do with this for game of thrones so this is going to be a very very difficult thing to top and but having said that like i say we have got another big battle coming we don't know what that one's going to be like i mean directed by the same person i remember the last spectacular battle we had didn't have dragons and stuff in it and you know battle of the bastards didn't have you know any any non human th- well i suppose it had a giant in it i think but you know it, it, it was mainly humans versus humans so i i don't know uh we'll, we'll have to see by the end of the season where they've topped this one with the next big battle but mm. i mean th- this was obviously something quite special just because of the the sort of grueling way that it was shot and stuff I mean, in terms of Avengers and uh, this battle being within the same week, that's a bit more of like a release coincidence. Yeah. So, because either of yeah. them could got released early or delayed or whatever. So, uh, but it's a nice coincidence. So, yeah. Uh, Jennifer, if you had swapped, if you had swapped these arcs around so that Cersei died first, and then we had this battle second at Winterfell, do you think it would have been possible that everyone could have died in this episode? So, I think what she's trying to say is like the doom and gloom thing that we had happen here. Let's say if you have if you have this as episode I, I'm five or six, like you have you have an ending after this, like an ending scene. Yeah. If this was the last battle and they had gone to King's Landing first, could everybody have died in this episode if it was the same? Let's say most of the same characters in this episode. I I think so. You would have had yeah. You would have probably had people like you know John maybe dying in this episode had it been that way round, but. I think having it that way around wouldn't have made any sense though either because you sort of the entire thing I mean the show's called Game of Thrones the entire thing has been about the throne so you you had this threat from the Night King but that's not about the throne itself you so the fact the last battle really has to be the battle for the throne itself so it sort of makes sense that it is this way around um that that always made far more sense to me than than doing the night king battle you know yes arguably he's the bigger threat because you know he's the night king and he can raise the undead but or raise the dead but you always had to have that last that last battle really has to be for the throne um so it always made more sense being that way around but yeah i think 
I think you would have lost, obviously, if they had been the other way around, you would have lost bigger characters. I think, you know, you probably would have lost either Jamie or Brianne. You probably would have lost either John or Daenerys, probably John. Um, you know, you may have lost Tyrion. I, mm. the, the, there are more people had, had, you know, the, not needed as many people around for the next battle coming. Yes, you would have lost more people, probably. And and in the next battle, you will probably lose more people. Yeah, you know. uh, probably. Yeah. So, um, but no, it, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about. Like if they had to swap these round, and uh, like it, more people could have. Well, if this was the last battle, who could have? Who else could have like died? So, it's yeah. interesting. Uh, Mark says, "Can you think of any other female character that has taken out such a big character?" I don't think he means in terms of size. I think he means in terms of you know importance of the character uh, i think Arya is an inspiration in terms of female badass characters i would quite oh, agree yeah. with that as well yeah um totally i mean in terms yeah. of taking out big characters like the night king's a pretty huge character um and we're not comp- again we're not comparing in terms of like the actual size of the characters we're comparing in terms of their importance um i can't think of any other i mean female characters have taken out characters before that's happened um, yeah, but like the Night King's a pretty iconic, big kind of character, and off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody. I don't know about you. Uh, not in such a direct way. No, yeah. um, I'm yeah, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if I can think of anybody that's that's directly taken out a big bad in that particular way. Mm. I mean, in, I mean, like in. Wonder Woman, you had her take out her villain, but was that villain as big as the Night King? I don't really think so. So, in fact, I can't remember that villain's name. So, no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could argue Buffy, maybe, but I mean, even even in Buffy, you, that was rather more of a team effort when it came to the end. You know, it wasn't her. It yeah. wasn't one kind of. You know, if I don't do this everything yeah yeah it wasn't like literally one-on-one saving the universe essentially um you know that i i think in terms of one female character taking out a you know the big bad of the series uh one of the major big bads of the series and it being if i don't do this everything goes i can't there's not one that i can really think of that mm-hmm. that springs to mind so say yeah. buffy is the only one that that maybe uh, comes close, possibly, but yeah. If you guys can think of one, of course, you know where to write in and stuff, and let us know. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, she's definitely an inspiration in terms of badass characters and stuff. So yeah, that's cool as totally. well. Joey, I was slightly surprised that we didn't get uh, the deaths of Tormund, Jamie, or Brienne. Theon was obviously um, big, but we are going to are we going to get bigger character deaths later? Probably, I I would imagine. Yeah. Um. Like, in terms of... If you look at the bigger characters who could have died, like... Uh, I mean, do you put Podrick on the same level as, like, a Brienne? I don't quite know. But in terms, yeah. of that, like, in terms of that pack of characters in this episode where you've got um, Podrick, uh, Jamie, Brienne, and uh, uh, Tormund. Yeah. Um, like, I think one or maybe two of those will die later. But this was an interesting episode yeah. to take out people like Jorah defending, um, you know, Danny and Theon defending Bran. So... Uh, you had that yeah. as well. In the... I think, yeah, I think I think the people that they took out, it sort of makes sense, the people that they took out this episode. Uh, I, I did think that we'd probably lose Brienne, and I think a lot of people are surprised that we didn't 
lose Brian or Jamie in this because one theory was that we'd lose Jamie and Arrow would end up taking his face but mm. that obviously didn't happen uh, you know T- Tormund I think was somebody that we definitely could have lost this time around and they've obviously kept him on for the uh, for the next battle um, yeah I mean there are, there are a few people that you could have lost this this week I think um, Podrick Gendry I do wonder if they're keeping Gendry around because of the fact that he is, you know, a, a Baratheon, and maybe that there he will actually that that fact may actually keep him around right until the end, because there could possibly be marriage things involved. Maybe he marries Arya, and yeah, and that's possibly somebody that could make their way to the throne. You know, I mean, Arya at this point, she's obviously she's she's hooked up with Gendry. Gendry is a legitimate possible heir to the throne and you've got the person that took out the night king that is potentially his partner so you know yeah i mean that's that's entirely i I don't necessarily seeing that happening but that that does give quite a strong unit there so you've got that um obviously you've got john and danny uh you've got cersei who's there at the moment uh i think most people are expecting cersei to die but who knows? I mean, it's so difficult to tell at this point. Because I've had a slight conclusion to one of my theories, which was John take out, takes out Night King, I do actually think, and this might be a dangerous prediction, uh, I think Johnny and Dan are both safe now. But one of them could die. I, I know one of them could die, but in terms of plot and stuff, I think they're both kind of safe now. But now that I've said that, one of them probably going to die. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that as well. Um, yeah, what, what do you think in terms of John do, or, or Danny? If you, I, I don't know. I, I mean, you still the big like elephant in the room at the moment is still this conversation which was cut short last episode right. by this battle between John and Danny of of you know we know I mean the. The whole fact that they're like, you know, nephew and aunt is less of an issue because they're Targaryen. So, you know, that's I, I mean, I, there's this whole thing. I did wonder, actually, because there is this whole thing about, you know, Danny says she can't have kids. And then last time she did have a child with somebody, it, it came out, you know, it was supposedly deformed and stuff when she had the child with Drogo. Um, yeah. Drogon? Uh, Carl, Carl Drogo. Yes. Yeah, Calderogo, yeah. Dragon, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, and I do wonder if the re- if there is maybe a reason why the Targaryens have incest. Maybe that's the only way that they can properly procreate. Maybe there's some genetic thing which the only way you can produce an heir is if you're hooking up with another Targaryen. Maybe, because she's been saying, I, you know, because the, the woman that delivered the deformed child was sort of saying oh you can't have children now and apart from that that not necessarily being that much of a reliable source i you know danny does believe it but what what if the only way she can have children is with another targaryen maybe in which case her and john could be together and maybe that is you know them being able to produce an heir and maybe that is a possibility as to whether they do both survive i think there is a probability that 
they will, <laughs> but I, I, I think it's so difficult to tell. Mm-hmm. It's really so difficult to tell. Um, I'm going to go with the yes, though. They both survived. Yeah. So, why not? Uh, Lacks me on Twitter, because I put out a uh, discussing Game of Thrones 803 at so-and-so time. You can post questions, comments here, and I put the email as well. Somebody replied, who's called Laxme, uh on Twitter, and said, Why did Melisandre uh, say to uh, Davos, quote, No need to execute me, I'll be dead by the end of the night, end quote. Why would he want to execute her? I mean, there has been the thing oh, in, the well, in the past of, like, the, the things that she's done in the past. Yeah, no, I can't remember all of them, but... She uh, well, I mean, when when Melisandre left Winterfell the last time, mm. uh, she left because Davos had said that he was going to kill her for because he discovered that she'd uh, burnt at the stake the her the child, um, uh, Stannis Stannis Stannis's daughter, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Stannis had something to do with that as well, but she was the person that put the idea in Stannis's head, so that was the reason why davos was prepared to execute her and i think if she hadn't walked off into the snow at the end would have executed her anyway so she goes out on her own terms uh her, her job being done you know her, her yeah. purpose and the fact that she would have whatever magic she's supposed to be a few centuries old so you know whatever magic was keeping her alive you know, that obviously her job had been done yep. um lord like switch so that, that, yes a lot of like turned off the light switch um, I so that, I mean that was the reason why why Davos I mean Davos had already said if you come back to the north I will kill you and uh, you know Danny and Davos uh, was it wasn't Danny wasn't it at that point it was Sansa I think Sansa and Davos had basically said you know it, it kicked her out um, so yeah and they'd said if she come back north I will kill you and that was basically because he found that the he'd killed the that she killed the stanos child the stanis child um and he was he loved that girl like a daughter so you know that that was why basically cool yeah uh but thank you for the tweet so uh let's hope we get some more in the future and we can have more discussion and we can go forward with that and everything um yeah so that's the end of the episode very very fun to talk about so it's nice to talk about something that's really really good so yes. that's good as well uh but we'll be back of course for 804 yes, 804. yes sometimes there's so many different shows that we cover that are in different seasons i <laughs> forget which things are in which seasons um but yes we'll be back next week to discuss next episode um are the rest of the three 80 minutes all three of them i think that they uh are. no i um Maybe they are because they didn't. They changed the episode length of one of them. I thought originally they'd said that the next episode was going to be sixty, and then the last two are eighty. Hmm. Um, but I could be wrong about that. I, I have a feeling they maybe changed it to a sixty from a sixty to like a seventy-two minute episode or something next week. But I think so. I'm not sure. I could be wrong about that. Cool. Uh, but yes, you can find all the content that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, speaking of news and all that kind of stuff, if you want to uh, check that out, David is on geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio, uh, for your latest TV, film news, air updates, cancels, renew- re- uh, cancellations and renewals, um, which is coming up in May, the, uh, I can't remember what you, what you call it, the upfront thing, the uh, the deadline that's coming up in May, so uh, David will be discussing that as well when those ha- those things happen, so check to see if your favourite shows have been renewed. Um, but also your favourite show is probably ending this year because there's a bunch of shows ending this year but geektown.co.uk, Geektown Radio uh, please rate, review, subscribe yes. to that as well and as well as our other podcasts 
Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. That's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice. Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We'll get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. iTunes feeds. Please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Also, if you want to do the rating, all you got to do is click on the feed, scroll down to where it says rating. You just tap on the five star or four star, whatever. Uh, Please do five stars, and it basically just sends, says to you you've like submitted your rating. So, uh, and I've noticed a few of you have been doing that, so thank you for doing that as well. Uh, and if you do want to go for a specific feed, uh, obviously Geek Town is out there for you to to rate and review. But for us, please do the uh, Game of Thrones one because it's still quite big for us. Um, and we just came out of a record month. A- April 2019 was the highest month ever for Entertainment Talk. Probably because of Game of Thrones and Avengers, but I'm still going to take that. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good as well. Uh, but yes, thank you everybody that's checked out the content, I suppose, last month now, because it's now May. Um, and I'll be doing a, a chat podcast soon-ish. I'm not sure when exactly, but that'll be coming soon. Uh, to give updates on quite a bunch of s- things anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, word of mouth. Also, if you if you don't want to mess around with iTunes or any of that kind of stuff, word of mouth. Just simply tell your friends, family, people that you know. If uh, your friends have seen Endgame, obviously don't spoil Endgame or Avengers because there's no point in you spoiling things. Uh, but if you see people talking about Game of Thrones or Avengers or the TV shows that we covered, the video games that we covered, uh, be sure to tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds, social media. I'm sure you'll find somebody that's talking about Avengers and Game of Thrones. You can tell those people as well. Uh, social media, you can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, put them in different groups if you're allowed to. Uh, um, video games, if you want to uh, watch me, Robert or David, play different video games, me and David have got Twitch streaming channels, Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll be back next week for the aftermath or the content that we've got later in the week. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.